With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on, Steeler Nation? I hope everybody is okay. I hope everybody's do, doing well. I know the season is over, but life goes on. I'm Daniel. Alongside with me is Shannon. Uh, welcome back to the Hangover. Uh, Shannon, how are you doing, my man? You're 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 doing all right after yesterday's loss. Turn out the lights. The party's over. Yeah. It, it, it mercifully. Uh, again, I've said before, I've not enjoyed the recent seasons at all. Um, the last three games were enjoyable of the regular season. It's the first time I could say that in a while, mm-hmm. but I'm really ready for the season to be over. And I'm ready to see changes because when you change nothing, nothing changes. And I'm ready to see some changes. Well, one big change and we'll get right into it that will not be happening is at the uh, head coach position. If, if Mike Tomlin has any say in it, uh, reports indicate that he tells Steelers players in a team meeting uh, that there's been a lot of speculation out there of his potential uh, retirement or moving on from the Steelers is false and that he plans to coach in 2024. Uh, does that put a cork in it? Should we stop talking about it? What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, as far as, I fully expected him to be back, and I know you did as well. Mm-hmm. I, I I just really want to know if he's going to sign the extension. 
if if he wants a two year extension, let's say, which I think is reasonable at this point, the reason why it really matters is because the Steelers it will impact the level and the quality of offensive coordinator they're going to be able to influence to come to Pittsburgh. If you have one of the top guys, the guys that are most coveted, you say, hey, there's a, you know, you have an opportunity to be Tomlin's successor when he walks away, whether it's next year or three years from now. And because there is no job security in all of professional sports, like being the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, you have to be successful. I mean, you know, the offensive coordinator would have to come in and be successful before they would ever be promoted to head coach. But you that is a uh, something tangible and enticing you can offer uh, another brilliant offensive mind because that's what this team needs. And so I, I think that it's important that Tomlin makes his decision he gets with the Roonies and ownership and they make a decision and they move forward accordingly. So that that would be if, if Mike Tomlin plans to move on fairly sooner than later, because I don't see coach Tomlin hiring a guy to take over his position like that. And I don't see him. I don't see the Roonies disrespecting Tomlin by saying, all right, you're, you're still our guy for the future. You know, we'll see what you do, but we're going to bring this guy in just in case as a backup. You know, I, I think that that wouldn't sit well with him. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, I know if I was in his shoes, I don't know if I would sit well with, you know, me having to train my replacement. You know, if it's not something that I am wanting for somebody to replace me. So um, are you thinking that that's the plan there in that instance? Or do you think that, regardless of Tomlin's um, outlook on his future, whether or not he wants to return or not, that they're going to choose somebody for him and they're going to phase him out regardless. No, I don't think that that th- there's too much mutual respect from both mm-hmm. some parties. I don't see them phasing him out or pushing him out. <clears throat> but we've seen Tomlin, there becomes a point that, you don't want to take questions because you don't like the answers. Right. Um, there comes a point that you look and you're like, okay, I have a life, a family. Uh, I've earned it. I need to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Um, I believe Tomlin is within a three-year window. He's either going to coach next year and, and move on, or I believe he's going to sign an extension probably two years. So I'm looking within three years, the Steelers are going to need a coach. And what I'm saying is they've had defensive-minded coach and Chuck Noll, Bill Cowher, and now Mike Tomlin. Uh, the NFL is moving away from that. The mm-hmm. NFL is moving to more offensive-minded head coaches and, and coaching staffs, for that matter. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the Steelers are need to, you know, get with the times. They need to improve this offense from top to bottom. And that starts with an offensive coordinator. Then, if this guy is brilliant and he is successful at Pittsburgh, then when Tomlin does step down, you have a guy ready, you know, and possibly capable of stepping in. And 
not having total disruption of what you've built over these next two to three years. Because I think that this is a rebuilding process. It is necessary. And it's not going to happen unless they fully commit to it. So I don't think this is anything about Tomlin training his replacement. Is I think it is Tomlin helping ease the transition to his replacement because Tomlin is a Pittsburgh Steeler at heart. He believes black and gold. And as you or I would want to, you'd want to leave the organization in the best standing possible. Uh, maybe. I mean, you know, if if the team is ready to move on from him and he's not ready to go and he wants to coach somewhere else, I'm not sure he's willing to put, you know, the Steelers first in that situation. Um, and also, I mean, how long would we expect an offensive coordinator to stay with the Steelers in hopes that Mike Tomlin is going to leave when the Steelers haven't left? You know, they've only had three head coaches in the last several decades. And, you know, it, if somebody were to come in, let's look at last season, the season that just ended. It ended on a 17-point uh, offensive performance. Uh, the last game of the season, it was 17 points. Every game except for the two prior to that was under 25 points, I think, or 28. Uh, majority were under 20. If an offensive coordinator comes in here and starts, you know, moving that needle up there, do you think they're going to maybe perhaps turn down some head coaching positions in efforts to wait for Tomlin to decide when he wants to hang it up? Well, you know, I, I look at it differently in that, to me, as I said, being the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers brings a unique stability that you don't find in professional sports. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they might say, okay, I've been here a year. I helped turn the offense around some. I'm getting head coaching offers. I'm going to leave. And they go somewhere else with a normal organization, and they make it two years and they're gone. Um, as I've said, and I wrote it in an article today, Mike Tomlin would not be the head coach in any other organization in sports. Not with his track record since the very beginning. The, the lack of success in the postseason would have gotten him terminated. Mm -hmm. There is no patience anymore. The Steelers are old school. And, and I'm perfectly fine with that because I'm very old-fashioned. I'm very old school. But the lack of success, getting behind five straight playoff games, 21 to nothing, at least five straight, that's an incredible record. And every time, guys, the defense never shows up. And you're talking about a defensive-minded head coach, but the defense never shows up. So is it a lack of motivation, a lack of preparedness? What is it? And I heard somebody yesterday say that, well, they don't have T.J. Watt. Okay, Watt's been in three playoff games. He's got three tackles and one sack. Watt doesn't show up in the playoffs. Mostly because teams focus on taking him away. But what I'm saying is he's never had a breakout playoff performance in his career. So before we say, you know, some of his best seasons, they haven't made the playoffs. So we're wasting a elite talent, a future Hall of Famer, if he continues on his current trajectory. We're wasting that. Mm -hmm. So we, we got to start looking at reality 
and making the necessary changes to make the Steelers truly relevant again. If he's becoming the king of the regular season, no losing seasons. He's the king of the regular seasons, but he's a dud in the postseason. We have to change that narrative. And I believe that he can change it with if with better offensive coordinators, a better coaching staff around him, and more talent, which I believe Omar Khan and Andy Weidel, those changes and the new scouting department can take care of those issues. You see, I, I, I think differently, my man, a little bit. So did you – it kind of starts off with Najee Harris's comments. You know, some of the things that he was saying – uh, in this post game, after the game, he was saying that, you know, they need he, they need in-house changes, you know, rules, basically talking about discipline. And he talked about how he wanted to be a leader, but Coach T told him, you know, you're a running back, be a running back, know your role, basically. I, I feel that, you know, you also had him say things like, you know, I'm not used to this where I come from. And, you know, basically saying that where he was at with Nick Saban in Alabama, it was more – um, more structure. It was better put together. It was a better thing as an organization around, around the players mm-hmm. and that he wouldn't like that more in Pittsburgh. He's not the first person to say something similar to that. You know, George Pickens said something similar to that about, you know, in training camp, how it wasn't that hard or easy. It was relaxed, you know, in Mike Tomlin's career, when he first started off, he had leaders on this team. You know, he had the Ben Roethlisberger as the quarterback already, but even more so, he had, uh, you know, a defense that had leaders on there as well that, that you know, the Steelers kind of rode until until they aged off. And as those players who kind of kept everybody in line left, and now there's no leaders, and now it's up to Tomlin to kind of, you know, gather everybody in, it's not happening. It's not happening. You know, the question has come up more often than not this year, has Mike Tomlin lost the locker room? I mean, there's been so many times where he goes out and says something and his players contradict him right after the bat, right after that. You know, I think there was one time where he said that, I think it was against Arizona, where there were some players saying that they didn't take anybody lightly or they didn't take them light. They took them lightly. And he said, no, uh, they were just answering the frame of question in which you answered it. And then a couple of days later, Deontay Johnson said, no, it wasn't just that game that we were taking them lightly. It was the whole week. That comes down to him. That comes down to the discipline, him allowing, you know, the George Pickens of the world to throw his helmet up against the, um, you know, on the sideline, which was just yesterday. But that's just the, the the tip of the iceberg of what he's been doing this entire season on the sideline. And where is the the benching? Oh, but Jukesakor Force says if we continue to run in two minute drill and and not try to pass the ball and be aggressive with, you know, two minutes left and down by 10 points. You know, might as well kneel the ball. If that's what we're going to do. He gets benched. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's time. I know it's not going to happen, and it's not. You know, it's up for you know argument or not. I think he's going to be back regardless of the of the fact. But I, I think it's more than him getting an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator around him. If the same stuff is going to happen, he's going to allow the same type of behavior, and he's going to allow the same type of character in this in the locker room. Uh, we expect a similar result next year. Well, you have to read my article tomorrow because a lot of the things you just talked about, I've pointed out in the article. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about a good coach versus a great coach uh, and 
disciplinarian is one word. Uh, structure is another word. Motivation, motivator is another word. Uh, and I break it down in the article. Um, it's, I do not disagree with anything you said. Uh, but I'm just saying that at this point in his career, he's not going anywhere until he's ready to go somewhere because the Steelers and the Roonies are not going to make those changes. That's why I'm focusing on the coordinators, on the assistants, and on the talent. The Steelers have been overly reliant on superstar talent for years now on both sides of the ball. And when I say overly reliant, it's not just on their on-field performances. It's also their off-field leadership, especially in the locker room and on the practice field. And when you get a different kind of leader, uh, it'd be fine if Cam Hayward or T.J. Watt wants to be a leader. Sounds like he's not really keen on Najee Harris being the leader, especially when they're trying to make a decision on his fourth year, fifth year extension. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to be careful who you put in the leadership position and then turn around and let him go. You know what I'm saying? True. So true. there's so many issues right now. That's why I wasn't as excited about the results of the playoffs as I was looking forward to seeing guys like Mason Rudolph get to participate. And because it's going to affect their future more than it is this franchise. Because the franchise needs change. You know, you change nothing, nothing changes. And insanity is the definition, my definition, of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Well, we're trapped at Groundhog Day. I mean, the Steelers actually are. Mm -hmm. And it's been a decade, over a decade, and something's got to give. So, um I don't disagree with anything you said, but I'm just looking at it as realistically as possible. What I think might happen versus what should happen. Yeah. And, and there's why I'm talking about the one year versus three years. Uh, because in my, from me on the outside looking in, cause we don't know for sure, but it does appear to me that Tomlin wants to go out a winner, but he's coming to the end of his, rope he's you know he's getting closer to walking away and doing something else yeah yeah i mean i think he said it earlier this off season or something that you know these years as head coach um um definitely they're the longer one are the ones behind him shorter ones in front of him he's not gonna you know coach longer than what he's been in there already obviously you know i I think he's gonna be there until um, until he chooses not to to be honest with you um you know, do you think that this is maybe if he doesn't sign an extension that that's do you think that would be his decision or is that an Art Rooney decision that he's not signing an extension? Oh, I, I personally think it's Tomlin. I, I think that, like I said, the Rooneys will never disrespect somebody that's give blood, sweat and tears for that organization. Uh, I've just watched them through the years and they have. um they have a relationship with these guys. You can't help it when you have somebody around 15, 17 years. You know, um, I, I was talking about it in the article. Bill Belichick, 24 years, won six Lombardis, lost a few others. 
And he was unceremoniously shown the door after a couple of seasons, bad seasons without Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if that guy, the winningest coach in NFL history, doesn't have, doesn't even have Mike Tomlin like job security, it just isn't out there. Uh, and the the fan base, we have realists and we have apologists. And we have people that will appreciate my article. And then we're going to have other people that will have every excuse in the book of why I know nothing. Well, that's fine. I mean, but I'm still saying if you're honest and you said and you look at each thing listed, you really is no argument. Now, is it all his fault? Of course not. He doesn't play. But somewhere along the line, accountability has got to be taken for all these unprepared flat performances. Yeah. I mean, Najee, Najee said in-house changes rules. It, it doesn't get clearer than that. He, he's not, he's not asking for a change in, in players or a change in coaches. He's wanting more discipline. He's w- wanting more, uh, more structure yeah. out of, out of what th- the Steelers have been doing. And, and I think it kind of falls down onto, you know, coach Tomlin being maybe more too much of a player's coach. You know, he he comes in with the attitude of you're an adult. I'm going to treat you like an adult. But this is a very young team. You know, they're closer to kids than they are adults. And and that's just what it is. I mean, they might be the age of an adult and have, you know, real age responsibilities. But when you see some of the behavior or the social media actions, those are things that 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 immature, you know, teenagers or young adults do. Right. So with that being said, it's it's different. There, there needs to be more of that. It, it, and I don't know if, if Tomlin is capable of, of changing, you know, and being that more structured type of co- coach. And, and that concerns me. That concerns me greatly. Um, but let's take a quick break um, real quick. Uh, don't go anywhere, guys. When we get back, we're going to continue this discussion and also talk more about, you know, the Steelers lost in the wild card and, and much more. Don't go anywhere. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, thank you for st- uh, sticking with us. Welcome back. I'm Daniel. Alongside with me is Shannon White. Uh, this is The Hangover. Before we get back into the discussion, you kind of talked a little bit about your report that's coming out. I'm sure it's the uh, stock up, stock down. Kind of give us a mm-hmm. preview, if you don't mind. And when is that? Uh, that's supposed to be out already, right? Well, with the game being moved to Monday, and it should be 11 o'clock tomorrow. Um, it's it's a lengthy article because I wanted this article being the first article officially of the offseason. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to uh, encompass everything that I think the Steelers need to do and, and the way they need to approach this offseason. Um, so I only have one stock up and one stock down. And the stock up, honestly – the only person I thought warranted it was Mason Rudolph uh, because Rudolph was not perfect, but he did the things that he showed those previous three weeks. He stood tall in the pocket, let plays develop. He hit the guys when he had the opportunity. Um, and, you know, he showed that he – will he ever be a full-time starting quarterback in the NFL? I don't know. He's not a perfect fit for every offense. But and we don't know how he'll fit with the Steelers until we know who the next offensive coordinator is. So while I would love to say bring him back, we got to figure out what this new offense will look like with the Steelers. So it's a little early to jump the gun. But my stock down is Mike Tomlin because his decisions he has to make. One of which is right now he has that non-losing season streak still intact if they move forward like they need to and truly rebuild this roster that is in jeopardy does would he rather walk away now with the streak which is he's legendary for that he's a living legend because of that streak they mention it every game at least one time um and if he loses What's going to separate him from a Tony Dungy, a Bill Cower, other exceptional coaches that can never get over the hump without a exceptional Hall of Fame quarterback? When we step back and we look at the truth, most Super Bowls are won by an elite head coach quarterback combination. That's just the truth of the matter. The problem is it looks like it could be a while before the Steelers have that quarterback again. So after all that Tomlin has accomplished, 
at this stage of his career, does he want to actually go through that search and that built rebuilding and all that? And only he can answer that. I can't, you can't, the Rudys can't. It's up to Tomlin to decide. So um, I want the best for the organization. Um, I want guys like Tomlin to always be a stiller, uh, to always represent the black and gold. Guys like Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Those guys I would never want to see in another uniform yeah. um, or, or in another position on the sidelines. But um, that's basically what the article is about. Um, I try to take a truthful overview, look of everything, take in the lack of success in the latter part of his career in the postseason, and talk about what's the best plan moving forward for all parties involved. So it's something to check out and, you know, agree, disagree, whatever, but, but at least be objective and honest. Because honesty is always the best policy, but the truth hurts sometimes. <laughs> many times, many times. And, you know, and, and unfortunately for us Steeler fans, it hurts more today, the day after, than it, it's had all year. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you spoke about Mason Rudolph in the quarterback position. Mason Rudolph's going to be a free agent. He was asked in his press conference, mm-hmm. you know, if he wanted to be the Steeler next year, you know, and his, his response was, you know, that's not totally up to my decision meaning that, you know, the Steelers would have to also want him back. Yeah, yeah. And so I do think that there's an interest there. I think that if he, you know, wasn't interested in that, then he, he might say, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, he's probably going to do a pol- political type of move anyways. But, um, you know, he, he it sounds like he's open to it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kenny Pickett is a question mark. Yep. You know, I think Mitch Trubisky is going to be gone after the season or once Absolutely. the season ends. Absolutely. Gone. Yeah. First one out the door. Um, you know, do the Steelers try to make a move to keep Mason or do they try to find somebody else or they stick it out with Pickett? Uh, well, I think Pickett's back regardless because, it, you know, he, he doesn't cost much. They got that fifth-year option being a first-round uh, selection, and they really don't know all the answers till you have a quality offensive coordinator. Mason Rudolph, before they can offer him, as I said, they got to find out what they're going to look like next year because until they hire an offensive coordinator, they don't know what their offense is even going to look like. And so if it's something similar where you can have a more of a pure drop back passer and, and, you know, get, I mean, if you look at the 49ers, the 49ers offense does not rely on Brock Purdy's mobility. Purdy can move some, but that's not his game. Uh, you know, you don't have to have that quarterback mobility. One of the things that irritated me at the end of Ben's career is they tried to patch. They've been trying to patch together a roster for a few years instead of fully committing to rebuild. And in doing so, they've always had weaknesses and glaring holes in the roster. And when the offense, the offensive line was hideous, they could not run the ball. And their talent had diminished greatly wide receiver. Tomlin kept coming out and saying, we need quarterback mobility. All offenses in the NFL have quarterback mobility. And it adds that element, uh, making it harder to defend. Well, that's great. But you had a quarterback who would try not to – he was getting rid of the ball for the first time 
in his career in like 2.3 seconds or under because he was getting killed if he didn't. Tried to survive each game, keep it close at the end, and then win it, which he did eight out of nine wins. That is something that was underappreciated. It had nothing to do with quarterback mobility. They needed a decent offensive line. Uh, the line was hideous. Uh, we've seen Mason Rudolph be willing to stand in there and, and you know, take some hits, but stand and let plays develop, and the offense took off because he, he didn't have mobility, so he wasn't able to try to roll out of the pocket the wrong way or all the things that Pickett and Trubisky did. So um, I would like to see Rudolph given an offer and have Pickett and Trubisky and another quarterback, preferably somebody else to compete and have an open quarterback competition. But again, they can't make any decisions until they decide on offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's true. And I think that the offensive coordinator probably is going to have some say in who the quarterback may or may not be of the future. You know, I don't think you want to handcuff somebody coming in to a specific quarterback, whether it is Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph. Uh, I think that, you know, does that play well, – I'll ask you, does that play a role in who you select as a offensive coordinator? Are you going to try to to fit an OC to your what you have already or are you going to get an OC that you think can be successful and have him choose who he thinks would be his most successful quarterback and even if that's players not on the team right now? Now, this is just my personal opinion. Right. I believe that any team – that hires an offensive coordinator to fit what they have. The only way you would do that if you had an established player at quarterback, let's say, or you have an established successful offensive identity. Steelers have neither. They do not have a proven quarterback, and they still don't have an offensive identity. So in my opinion, you hire the best offensive coordinator you can afford. Uh, I don't think money should be an object because there is no salary cap for coaching. You mm -hmm. get the best offensive coordinator and you let him build your offense. You let him decide. It, it get with Omar Khan and Andy Weidel and you say, guys, I need this kind of guy. I need that kind of guy. You know, this, this, this player and this player will work. They can fit into what I'm wanting to do. These other guys are expendable. So you try to trade them. You know, you do what you have to do. But in my opinion, where the Steelers set right now, with no quarterback and no offensive identity, you you get the best offensive coordinator and let him make necessary changes. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, for me, though, I, I think that, you know, I know that Kenny Pickett's going to be on the team next year, and I know a lot of folks are, are saying, you know, let's see what he has with a, a, different, off, a different offensive coordinator and, and I, I personally am just not in, in the realm of wanting to risk another year just to see what he has. You know, I, I think we've seen what he has. I think that there was a point there that he was going to get benched. Or at least that was the rumor uh, that he was going to get benched. And instead, they ended up firing Matt Canada. Um, you know, the following game, he did well against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and, but, you know, only put up 16 points. You know, when you look at what Mason Rudolph was able to do, in four games, he had five touchdowns to Kenny Pickett's six in 12 games. Now, the interceptions as well, he only had one to Kenny Pickett's four. 
So you're, you're probably looking at Mason Rudolph on pace during a 17-game season for about 22 touchdowns to about maybe four to five interceptions. You know, that's, that's pretty dang good. I want to make two quick comments. Go ahead. Uh, first off, pick it in one game without Canada. All the Rudolph's games at the end were without Canada. I'll just point that out. Uh, okay. I, I believe that, as you know, to me, Canada was the great hindrance this year. Whoever decided to bring him back made the biggest blunder in recent stiller memory, besides hiring him in the first place. The problem is we hear two stories. Some people say it was Tomlin, his decision, and others say Tomlin had no decision in it. My opinion, if I make Tomlin and you force me to take back Canada and then you force me to keep him, I would leave. I would resign. That would be it. If if a man that's done what Tomlin's done for the organization that long uh, was held hostage by Matt Canada and, and that decision was taken away from Mike Tomlin, I would leave the organization. No questions asked. And and I I I don't know what to believe, but if he walks away, I believe that's the reason. Um, second thing is, I don't think there's any risk with Kenny Pickett anymore. Uh, he was a later middle round, first round pick. Um, and now he has no assurances. If he comes back, you know, he's already under contract. He gets a chance to compete for the starting quarterback position. And that means through all preseason, all the training camp, he doesn't go into next training camp, number one. He goes in just one of three or four, however many they bring in. Mm-hmm. And he honestly has to compete with, depending if Rudolph's a fit for the new offense, then Rudolph and whoever else they bring in. Um, and guess what? If he loses out, you get rid of him. Right. Uh, I don't see I don't see a threat having him back on the roster next year is what I'm saying. No, I, I don't see him as a threat either. My my concern is more if they don't bring in anybody else. They oh, let they Mason to. walk. They let Mason walk and we somehow still see Mitch on the board and 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 they're going back with those two. No, I, <laughs> I would I, I would be extremely you concerned. You can't do it. I mean, Trubisky, I mean, even from his viewpoint, he feels like they cut bait and bailed on him real quick, which mm-hmm. I disagree and you disagree. Yeah. But that's how he looks at it because he said so. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not been happy. I mean, he wants to leave. So I don't see any way that Mitch Trubisky's back next year. Um, and there's no way that the Steelers can go into next season with Pickett and Rudolph uh, as the only two options. They've got to be more. I, I would agree to that. I think that I would hope that the Steelers would try to, you know, pick up somebody in the draft. Um, you know, they don't, they don't necessarily, especially if you bring in Rudolph, you don't necessarily have to go in there and try to be a top 10 type of pick. Yeah, you can get somebody yeah. in the later rounds in a deep class, somebody that can, you know, sit behind and learn for a year or so. You know, I think Mason Rudolph, like I was saying, looking at his stats, you know, he 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 had a he would have had a pretty efficient year. It's not going to be anything jaw breaking or anything like that. Um, you know, jaw dropping. I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, I think he was he was on pace for a very efficient year. He can be a decent QB. You know, with Kenny Pickett, um, I know that you know a lot of folks will like you said, you know, uh, Matt Canada this and that, but you know, George Pickens also said in one of his post. Um, post-game conferences that when it came to Mason Rudolph, I think he said personally, he just takes shots. He takes more shots, saying that it wasn't necessarily 
the coaching play or design that was preventing, you know, the ball going down the field when Matt Canada was there, as much as it was the quarterback willing willingness to go down the field. And, you know, I, I don't know, maybe perhaps Kenny can overcome that. I don't know. I don't well, know. I if- actually, I totally agree with George Pickens. I do too. I mean, you had, you seen it. Pickett wouldn't do it. Mm-mm. Pickett come in through a, a bunch of interceptions starting out, trying to be that guy that he was throwing the ball down the field, being aggressive. Uh, you have Claypool. You had different guys make mistakes, couldn't catch balls. We, you know, and then Tomlin sets him down, pulls him, and says, "Listen, you got to protect the football." Tomlin says he did. Mm-hmm. You got to protect the football. When you take the aggressive nature away from a guy who's always been aggressive, you get what you got. So you've got a first-round quarterback that wants desperately to prove that he can be the franchise quarterback for the Steelers. Uh, But he was handicapped in a bad offense with a bad coordinator and a conservative coach. Uh, So his numbers reflected that. Mm -hmm. And it stood in the offense. The offense was going nowhere. Uh, And it took, you know, Trubisky couldn't do it. Because he's a free slinger. I mean, he's a gunslinger, and but he, he throws the ball to the other team as much as he throws it to his own team. So mm-hmm. you bring in Mason Rudolph. He had nothing to lose. He's six-year veteran. Hadn't played in two years. You know, he was talking about selling realty, uh, becoming a realtor with his dad. He was thinking about his life's work. He was moving on from being a professional football player. Nothing to lose, no pressure. He goes out there and he plays within himself. He stayed calm, cool, and collected. He showed confidence. He showed courage. Uh, Rudolph did all the things he needed to do to resurrect his NFL career. And I think he has. And I think he will get a shot somewhere. And it might be at Pittsburgh. And I'm all for it. But all I'm saying is it's two different mindsets. It's one guy under immense pressure and another guy with no pressure. And if anybody's ever had to perform under pressure or with no pressure, it's way easier to do one than the other. Right. No, I agree. I, I do think though there, there may have been some sort of pressure there. I mean, if he goes out there and bombs it, he's definitely doing real estate next year. There's no ands, it's or buts about yeah, it. Yeah, but he was ready to do that. <laughs> he may have been. He may have been, but I don't think you prepare you know, in the manner that he prepared for the season throughout the season, you know, thinking that he's, if he, he's given an opportunity that he can relax a little bit because he's the third guy. And and I accommodate him for, uh, or not accommodate, I commend him for what he was able to do throughout that entire time. He was a third string guy. You know, I saw a comment saying that Mason got less effective, you know, all the way down to the 17 points. I don't think so. I mean, he, he went up against the, um, a Bengals defense who had a better front, you know, a really good front, probably the best front that they, you know, amongst the teams that they played that Mason played. And, and he was effective in that game. Then he went across country and played Seattle on the, in a place that Steelers haven't won since 1980 something. And then, and then he, he, yeah, 83. And then he goes and plays in Baltimore in a game where Steelers need to win to get in. I mean, a lot of people commended, you know, Kenny Pickett last year for what he did in Baltimore and, and, you know, in fourth quarter, but wasn't Tyler Huntley also the quarterback then too? So like, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, it wasn't against Lamar Jackson. Well, Kenny Pickett wasn't either. And it was a one score game and Mason Rudolph put up more points than that. Now in the postseason, 
I mean, it wasn't great. He threw an interception right away in the in the red zone. You can't do that. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't seen the all 22 to see what he was doing or what he was thinking. Some folks that were in stadium, you know, some of these sport re, uh, beat writers said that, um, you know, it was a good throw. Uh, the, the cornerback just made a play. You know, he was facing the wrong way when he threw the ball. He turned around, saw the ball and made a play. You know, so you are playing NFL quality players. These are guys that get paid millions of dollars for a living as well. And what I liked about Mason Rudolph in that game is in 2019, if he threw an interception, he packed it in. It was check down Charlie the rest of the game. That wasn't the case against the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, not the Baltimore, against the Buffalo Bills this past week. You know, he he led this team on an, a game where the offensive line wasn't wasn't really doing what they were supposed to do, especially in the running game. Uh, they weren't doing what they were supposed to do, what was expected out of them. Um, you know, he was able to help this team get down there. I don't think that uh, the other two quarterbacks would have gotten anywhere near close to making it a game as much as Rudolph did. But with that no, being I, said, I totally agree that, as I said, when uh, right before they uh, got rid of Matt Canada, Pickett, the damage was done. He was done. He He's not seeing the field. He's not developed as a professional quarterback at all. Um, I wanted him shut down for the rest of the year. Trubisky's yeah. never showed that he has, has has it. Never. Um, Mason, one throw doesn't define that game. Yes, the interception happened. But, again, had it not been intercepted, it was a touchdown. The guy made a play. Mm-hmm. So, but what killed the offense yesterday was they went ultra conservative. Uh, they The defense shut down the running game. The Bills knew. We stopped Harris. We stopped Warren. We win this game. Because of the weather, there was a lot of other factors. And they went too conservative. They did not try a true deep pass until the last drive of the game right at the end. They had to stretch the field. They had to give Pickens and Johnson a chance to make a play down the field. Even Calvin Austin the third. They had to do that. They did not. Uh, They was... A couple times in the game, it was run, run, pass. Very predictable. They moved away from that. And both times it happened on near the red zone because they got down there by throwing the ball. And then you take the ball out of Mason Rudolph's hands, put it back in the running game by playing conservative, and then they failed to score. So, um, again, that falls on the offensive coordinator, in this case, offensive coordinators, because there was two of them. Um, and that's something that we've seen all year. Predictability, boring, conservative. That has to change. And it's going to have to change because there's going to be a new offensive coordinator. <laughs> I agree. I definitely agree with that, that there is going to be a new offensive coordinator. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I noticed in, in yesterday's game was, I want to say probably about like 90% of first downs were run. Uh, oh, do you, think, do you yeah. think that was the offensive coordinator doing, or was that head coach saying, we're going to run the ball and we're going to run it no matter what? Well, they put the game plan in before they knew that the elements wasn't going to be as counterproductive or as restrictive as mm-hmm. they actually turned out to be. It wasn't as windy as they thought. It wasn't quite as, uh, you know, 
adverse conditions like snow falling during the game. Um, so I think they installed a game plan that we're going to run the ball primarily and try to play action and, and pass off of that success running mm-hmm. the football. I think the Bills said, we're going to stop the run. That was their primary focus. They didn't double-team George Pickens nowhere near as much as the Ravens did the week prior. So they did a a lot of – usually do a lot of uh, too deep. This time, they did not play as much too deep. They played single high and dropped another safety down to take away the Steelers' running game. So that was their plan from the start. And the Steelers' conservative approach played right into that plan. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, the Steelers' wide receivers, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, uh, Allen Robinson got hurt. I don't – do you think he's – I don't think he's coming back. I think we may have seen the last of him. I know he has a huge cap – um, hit if we keep him. So I'm pretty sure he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. So, you know, Steelers are going to have to target another receiver, um, offensively. And I think they're going to probably target the center position and yep. a tackle position. Yep. Uh, those three positions, do you see them being, you know, done in the draft or in free agency? I would prefer they get at least two receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and because Boykin's not going to develop especially in Pittsburgh. They won't throw the guy the ball. just won't happen. I don't know if he's that bad or they just won't throw it to him. So they actually have Pickens and Johnson and Calvin Austin the third. Uh, I think Calvin Austin, he caught the touchdown yesterday. I think he has some potential if used on slants and in the middle of the field and then get him matched up with a linebacker or a backup uh, safety. He's gonna he could he could feast there. But I'd like to see him maybe get a wide receiver free agency. Somebody not like Robertson. Robertson's on his last legs. I mean, the dude's done. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a good leader, he's a good blocker, but as a receiver, he didn't offer anything hardly. So I'd like one in free agency and one in the draft. Uh, I believe center, there's three top guys in the draft which we'll cover more as the offseason goes on. I'd like to see him focus on one of those guys. Hmm. And you can keep Cole around as a quality backup. Uh, I don't know how his contract situation is, but he's either a backup or he's gone. Hmm. And then right tackle, uh, there's some guys that I would consider in the first round because Stewart's picked 20th. Correct. So there's uh, hopefully a guy or two there. Mims is one of the top ones that I would consider. Put Jones back at left tackle where he belongs. Put the uh, the new right tackle in, and let's see what we got. But yeah, right tackle and center have to be upgraded. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm I'm leaning more towards the right tackle probably being, you know, somebody in free agency. I think you can get a decent right tackle at a decent price. Left I don't know who's a- available. Do you? I don't, I don't, but I think, I think there should be somebody. I mean, there's always somebody out there available, uh, but I think you can get one at a decent price, even if it's um, via trade or, 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 or something else. But, you know, I don't think it's got to be a high priority as much as a first round pick wide receiver though. 
I do think that that one is more of a priority than most people think. You know, one thing that I did see a lack of was separation between the receivers and the defensive backs. Even with Deontay Johnson, who has exceptional route running ability, I don't know, maybe he just lost a step or or something, but he wasn't separating as much as he normally does this past year. Uh, Pickens, he can make those great catches, but they're all contested, you know. Yeah, Uh, he don't get separation. He doesn't. Not until he gets the ball in his hand, and then he can kind of separate (laughs) at that point. But but up until then, he doesn't. Um, You know, I I think that that might be something we might see earlier in the draft than anticipated, maybe a second or a third. Um, The center position, I think that one alongside middle linebacker might be one that maybe you think about in the first round. You know, uh, there's been some bad ones on the Steelers, and it's really hurt this team. If you can get a, I don't know, I don't know who's out there. I, I got to look into the draft. But if there's a, a leader like a like a Marquise Pouncey type, I think it's worth it in the first round. Yeah, like there is some. There's like I said, three guys that I think the stores will really look at. Um, and Zach Frazier from WVU, who I'm very familiar with, I think he's going to be a, a long time starter in the NFL, and he is a true center center only, and he has that mentality. Uh, he's a leader. He's fiery team first guy. I, I love him. And with his knee injury he suffered in their last regular season game, I think you could get him in the third or fourth round. So, But I think a lot of teams want him. So it's going to be interesting. But what really tells you where the Steelers are at in their rebuilding process, me and you can sit here honestly and say, that the Steelers need defensive help at every level. They need a, a new defensive lineman, at least one. They need a new middle linebacker, a young stud. They need a new cornerback to match up with Joey Porter Jr. And they need a new strong safety. Now, they can't get everybody in the draft because they only have so many picks. So, mm-hmm. therefore, you're going to have to – the 17 free agents, I think of probably – 12 of them's gone. Yeah. And you take that money and you find the guys you need in free agency. Because their draft was incredible this year. But free agency was a hodgepodge. It was like like Keanu Neal, Patrick Peterson. You bring these guys in instead of re-signing Sutton and instead of bringing back Terrell Edmonds, and they, they were bad moves. And at the end there yesterday, Patrick Peterson couldn't have tackled my grandma. <laughs> I mean, it was pitiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so, you know, would, would even superstars eventually get old? And when he hit the wall and he lost it, it was over. Yeah. Yeah. Afton Ford comes in with a uh, $5 super chat. Thank you so much. Says appreciate all the top shelf content in the season. Thanks for all you do. We appreciate you as well. This is not the end for us. It may be the end for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but still curtain network continues. We'll be continuing on with the hangover throughout the entire off season into the draft for free agency, the draft, um, you know, OTAs training camp and preseason. We do it all over again. Um, and Afton then we have- is one of our, number one supporters for all of our platform and mm-hmm. and uh we love you i mean that's uh we love all our community but so many people have special places uh 
because they're special. They treat us special and they care about us and we care about them. And well, and we just, we appreciate every one of you. 100%. Yeah. Afton's actually, she follows me on my other YouTube channels and has a wrench on those. So, uh, yes. Hey, she's a, she's a general. Big G calls her a general. Or <laughs> <laughs> lieutenant. Something, something important. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Steel Lee comes in with a 199 super chat. Says, bring Edmonds back this offseason. Do you think that's a move they can make? I mean, I think it can. Do, do you think he'd be willing to come back? You know, you, you brought up Neil. You brought up Patrick Peterson. I think that those two players were there because of the inability to get, you know, the player that they want, which was Cam Sutton. As the, I think they really tried to get him back. Detroit just paid him more. And, um, you know, with um, with Keanu Neal, maybe Edmonds wanted to try another place, thinking maybe he can get a bag if he's not in Minka Fitzpatrick's shadow, so to speak. What, what are your thoughts? Based on everything I've heard, uh, the Steelers didn't value Edmonds. Mm-hmm. They wanted more splash from that position. And that's great. But how much splash did they get from that position this year? The way that 3-4 is set up to operate, that's not where your splash comes from. It comes from free safety, Mika Fitzpatrick. It comes from your middle linebackers. It comes especially from your edge guys. If you're looking for splash, you don't say, I want splash from my nose tackle. I want splash from my strong safety. No, you want physicality. You want reliability, consistency. Edmonds give you that. He was not a splash player. Now, has the damage already been done? Did they all burn their bridges, both sides, to where they wouldn't consider a reunion? I'd love to see it happen. But I have a feeling it's going to have to be a draft pick uh, or a uh, a younger free agent that they get lucky and hit on. Because I, I just – I love Edmonds, but uh, I actually know uh, a person who knows the family closely. So mm-hmm. a lot of my information on Edmonds comes directly from that individual. Yeah. And I'm afraid that, you know, everybody wants to be respected. Everybody. Yeah. And when you don't feel respected, you know, how much money can make you can overcome that feeling. And mm-hmm. now I wonder if too much time has passed and too much damage done. Well, there's there's a few zeros in a paycheck that can, <laughs> that can that can change some minds hopefully, pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I do think that the Steelers missed him, especially uh, his availability. You know, I think he only missed a handful of games in his with his tenure with the Steelers, and I think it was in his last season with the Steelers he missed like two two games with a concussion or something like that. And you know, he was always there, very dependable. Wasn't oh, going to yeah. give you that big splash, but you know, for the most part, wasn't going to kill you either. Now, the last thing before we let everybody go, and I saw this in the uh, live chat, uh, was on the refs. How do you feel the refs handled this game this week? Uh, and do you think that it it had any real effect on, on the outcome of the game? It's par for the course. It was like that all season. Mm-hmm. They swallowed their whistle. I'm surprised some of them didn't end up dying of asphyxication because they all swallowed their whistle. They was less holding penalties this year, guys. A lot less. Mm-hmm. They they made, they had a agenda this year. Do not call holding penalties, and so they didn't. Uh, they let people get away with false starts, uh, and then they cracked down on procedural. You know, oh, your foot's a little over the line. 
your wide receiver penalty in decided games. So the officiating was intentional. And so to us, it looks intentionally bad because I did not like how it was called this year. But in yesterday's game, I told my wife when the uh, fourth quarter started, I said, the Steelers are in this game. All the calls in the fourth quarter are going to go for the Bills because the NFL did not want – Roger Goodell was there watching. The NFL did not want the Steelers moving on in the playoffs. They wanted the Buffalo Bills-Kansas City Chiefs matchup. That's ratings. That's sales. They did not want the Steelers there because they didn't think they could win again anyway. And if you noticed in that fourth quarter, every call – went the Bills' way. And it was so bad that with, what, two minutes left, they finally called a penalty on the Bills. They had two the whole game. The <laughs> Bills had two freaking penalties the whole <laughs> game. So if they called some blatant crap. It was just – but the biggest non-call was when Pickens was held. he come off the line of scrimmage, and the guy grasped him around the waist with both hands and held him – so right before the ball went past him on that slant, and there was no call. That was the play of the game. That that ended the game, technically. So yeah. um, it was intentional all year. It's bad officiating, in my opinion. I don't like it, and I hope it improves next year. You know, I knew the fix was on. <laughs> I'll say it like this. I knew the fix was on when they tried to call Miles Jack for a pass interference when the ball landed on the bench on the sideline. Oh, God, it almost went to stands. It almost (laughs) went to stands. They took, like, freaking seven minutes to discuss what penalty they should call. Like, (laughs) I knew the fix was on. I knew it. I was like, this is it. There's nothing we can do. There is nothing we can do. The fix is on. You know, they're trying to to call this man for for a, a pass interference when the ball was 50 yards down the field. That's insane. That's insane. I knew it. I knew it. Was it was crazy. Yeah. I was like, somebody, somebody wanted to make sure the over happened in this game. Yeah, I'll leave it yeah. at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's gonna do it for us, guys. It's a season ender. We, but don't worry, we're gonna be back here every week with uh, updated news. There's so much more to to learn. Now we look forward to the 2024-2025 season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's gonna be a lot of new changes, a lot of new people in, in new places. You know, and and we. We got next year. I know that's not what we want to hear right now, but that's what we have. Uh, Shannon, uh, take us out, my man. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>